Hey family, this is Josh Eggerson. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Faith Restored podcast. Faith Restored is a local church with a global mission to reach the lost and teach the found. And it's our hope that the word you're about to hear today encourages you, inspires you, and builds your faith. If you'd like to learn more about Faith Restored, you can visit us on our website at faithrestored.church. Now let's go live into this week's message. I'll be reading two verses in your hearing, Genesis chapter 13. I'm going to read verses 8 and 9. I'm going to be dealing with verses 1 through 17, but for the sake of time, I'm going to read verses 8 and 9. Amen. And if you don't have it, uh, it's on the screen. I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible. It says, so Abram said to Lot, please let there be no strife between you and me, nor between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brothers. Is not the whole land before you? So please separate from me. If to the left, then I will go to the right. And if to the right, I will go to the left. Amen. And Abraham said to Lot. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach for a little while using as a subject, I've got a lot to lose. Amen. I've got a lot to lose. Amen. Father, thank you for this time. Help us now in Jesus' name. Amen. For the last four weeks, we've been in this teaching on relationships, and I feel like it's impossible in five weeks to cover everything that we need to know about godly relationships. Yeah, I feel like it's impossible. Kobe said, amen. She asked me to extend the series. I can't do that. <laughs> I feel like I could take a whole year and talk about how to know when you found the right one and how to deal with proper communication, how to recover after a partner lets you down. I feel like we can spend the whole year talking about different areas of forgiveness and how to talk right to your spouse, how to properly raise your children. I feel like I could take a whole lot of time talking about those things. And as I looked and I began to do research, I found out that plenty of people spend plenty of time taking time to talk about those different areas of relationship. But I found out one of the areas that we talk about the least that really deserves the most attention is not really how to know when you found the right relationship, but how to walk away once you know you're in the wrong one. Yeah. See, a lot of us will stay in relationships once they've run their course, once we know that it's not right, once we know that God doesn't want us to be there because we've developed an unhealthy attachment and we've developed unhealthy soul ties that cause us to believe that we've got to stay in a situation even while it's killing us. But how many of you know that God has put too much purpose and destiny on the inside of you to let loving somebody kill you? Amen. And I'm not just talking about somebody taking your physical life. I'm talking about somebody draining you emotionally, draining you financially, draining your happiness away because you are spinning your wheels in a relationship, in a friendship, in a partnership that is totally and completely outside of the will of God. And what we find out is many of us can't experience the right one because we won't let go of the wrong one. God help me. We won't let go of the wrong one because many of us are afraid to do life by ourselves. God help me. Have you ever met somebody and you might be the somebody, but pretend for the sake of the sermon that it's somebody else because I'm not trying to embarrass you in front of all these people. But have you ever met somebody that can't never be by themselves? They jump out of one relationship into another one before they allow the wound of the last relationship to close. They open up a wound in a brand new relationship and you're looking at them crazy because you can't even use social media to track their relationships. You know, some folk, you can tell who they with by who they post on social media, but but they in a relationship with somebody different, but they got pictures of the last ex on their social media because they don't know how to properly end a season and spend some time by themselves. Because when you spend time by yourself, you allow God to heal the pain of the last relationship and to properly prepare you for a new one. But many of us, because we don't want to be by ourselves, we're afraid to let stuff go. Yeah. Abram. Then in Genesis chapter 13 shows us what it's like when you are attached to somebody who God has called you to disconnect from. 
And at some point, when you're attached to somebody that God is calling you to disconnect from, at some point, that relationship will come to a head. It will come to a tension point that will cause you to have to make a decision between destiny and staying in that relationship. And that's, beloved, what's happening in our text. I don't have much time to deal with it, but the Bible says that in Genesis chapter 12, God calls Abram. And he gives him a very specific call, Kristen. He says, get thee out of thy father's house. That's a call for every grown man. Get thee out of thy father's house and away from thy kindred. And go to a land that I will show you. The problem is when Abraham started the journey, he started the journey without obeying God's instruction. Because the Bible says that Shortly after Abraham got the instruction, his father and his brother died. His father, Terah, died. And his brother, Haran, died. And Haran had a son named Lot. And Abram felt like because his father died and his brother died, that he had to do something good and take care of his brother's son, Lot. The only problem was that wasn't the instruction that the Lord gave him. God says, get away from that kindred, meaning don't take anybody that is not a part of your immediate family with you on the journey. But because Abraham or Abram was grieving, he decided to make an attachment while he was grieving. God help me. And some of y'all, uh, uh, the reason why you're in relationships now, don't look at the person sitting next to you because I don't want them to get mad. But you picked somebody while you were hurting. God help me. Oh, God. See, Abraham decided to attach himself to Lot while he was grieving over his father and his brother. And the reason why you shouldn't pick relationships while you're grieving is the same reason that your mother, if she taught you how to shop for groceries, told you not to go grocery shopping while you're hungry. God help me. Uh, because your hunger, God, just like your grief, will throw off your judgment. And the thing about grief is, if you belong to God, God, God is not going to let you grieve forever. And so when God heals the grief, you'll look at the relationship you chose while you were hurting and say, Lord, what in the world? Have I done? God help me. Y'all ain't going to say amen because some of y'all are in this situation right now. You picked somebody while you were hurting, when your family had closed the door on you, when people had left you, when the person you thought you were going to spend your forever with had walked away and you made a decision in the middle of that pain and said, I'm going to attach to a person. But now God has healed you from your grief and you've woken up to the reality that you deserve better than what you got, but you don't want to disconnect from it because you developed a soul tie while you were hurting. God help me some of us are embarrassed about the people that we let in our space because we allowed them into our space when we were hurting and grieving God help me oh God and now you're mad about your ex you're embarrassed by your ex you're you're ashamed of your baby's father because you chose them when you weren't in the right condition to choose Abraham chooses to go on a journey with Lot God help me when Lot was the choice he made while he was hurting who who, who did you pick while you were hurting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what relationship, what partnership, what, what, what collaboration did you begin while you were hurting? Yeah. You were hurting from the last job, so you rushed into the wrong one. Yeah. You were hurting because a few years ago you got a repo, so as soon as your credit got right enough to get a car, you got a car you couldn't afford. Because you made a choice while you were hurting. God, help me. Uh, uh, you, you married the person that got you pregnant because you were afraid to have to raise a child by yourself. But you didn't realize that if they had really loved you, they wouldn't have got you pregnant without making you honest in the first place. God, help me. And so now you're with somebody that you got to beg to do stuff. You got to force them to do stuff. You got to be a mama and a woman at the same time because you make choices. God, help me. Y'all don't want to say amen in the building. Uh, you, you make choices while you're hurting. Ooh, God, some of y'all picked the church while you were hurting. God, help me. Yeah, yeah, you, you picked the church and picked the leader while you were hurting. And now that you're not hurting anymore, you said, I don't get fed there. You wasn't getting fed there before. But you'll settle for stuff that you know you don't need when you're hurting. God, help me. And so Abraham picks Lot in a season of grief. But there was a problem with the choice he makes, Kristen. The choice that he makes is in direct disobedience to the command of God. 
God said, get away from your family member. But the first choice that Abram makes is to take a family member with him. God help me. Uh, God says, get away from your people. Because your people have something in their DNA that you don't have in your DNA that's going to keep them from following me. What do you mean? Well, if you really do your research on the family of Abraham, you'll find out that his father, Terah, and his brother, Haran, were the two people that instituted idol worship in that region. God help me. That the Baals that were worshipped in that region, the false gods that were worshipped in that region, their father, his father and his brother started the false worship in that region, which means that God now was saying, you got to separate from them because I'm calling you to worship me and they won't worship me. God help me. Lot has issues in his life that are going to prevent them from prevent him from worshiping who you worship. Come here. Can I tell you how you know you're in the wrong relationship? Uh, if the person that you're with does not worship worship the God you serve then that probably means that God didn't put them with you God help me oh God if you got to force somebody to worship your God force somebody to come to church with you come on I'm trying to help you force somebody to pray with you and to read the Bible with you they they, they, they say I don't know if I believe that I think it's some good stories in there but I don't really believe virgins can get pregnant and that dead men can get up out of graves I don't know if I really believe all that then they're probably not the person for you and God tells Abram that he needs to separate from his family because there is a deficiency in their worship yeah he says look he says look you got to get away from your family oh god i don't want to mess nobody up but some of y'all know that the place that god is taking you uh, is bigger than where your family can handle you you can bless them when you finally get it but but they can't go on the journey with you because they don't know how to handle money right they they, they got to spend everything they have they got to look important instead of having money in their bank account they they, they, they got to look like there's something instead of planning and grinding to get something they're more caught up on the outward appearance they rather put rims on that truck than put gas in it God help me they they, they they'd rather buy furniture for the house uh, that they don't need than pay the rent on the house or pay the mortgage on the home some of your family members got bad habits and God is calling you to disconnect from them so that you can get to the place of destiny he says get away from your family but not just your family from the place your family lives oh God yeah, because it doesn't do good to get out of their house but they still got access to you yeah because some of you uh, can get out of the house because you want your own space, but you can't escape influence because you won't leave the environment. Yeah, you're living in an environment that's toxic, and because you're living in an environment that's toxic, uh, you keep making toxic decisions. But God is calling you to move out of that environment so that you can get to the place. Check this out. He didn't say that I've shown you. He says, I'm going to take you to a place that I will show you why does he say I will show you because the first move is on you before I show you the land you've got to show me obedience God help me see some of us want to move out of toxic relationships uh, because God has shown us what's on the other side but God says sometimes I won't show you what's on the other side until you bust a move in obedience God help me until you actually do what it is that I've called you to do okay I've got to go so God tells Abraham I, I, I don't have time. I got to really, I got to go. Uh, God tells Abraham, get thee out of thy father's house and away from thy kindred and go to a land that I will show you and I will surely bless thee and thou will be a blessing. I will make your name great and in you shall all the peoples of the earth be blessed. That's the Abrahamic covenant. That's, that's what God promises Abraham. He tells him, get away. But instead of getting away, he brings what he's supposed to get away from with him on the journey. And now when we get to the circumference of our text, Genesis 13, we encounter an issue because God has been true to his word to bless Abraham because the Bible says in verse 2 of chapter 13 that Abraham was very wealthy. God had increased him. And because he was true to his word, he didn't just say he was going to bless Abraham, but he was going to make Abraham a blessing. So because Abraham was, blessed, was, was with him, Somebody that wasn't even supposed to be with him got blessed with stuff because they were in the proximity of Abraham. You got to hear me now. 
Because you'll shout over that, right? We'll, 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 we'll start playing the organ on that. Everybody around me finna be blessed. But see, there is a misappropriation of the grace that's on your life when people who aren't supposed to be connected with you begin to inhabit the place of your blessing. Do you hear what I'm saying? Some people ain't supposed to get the juice that you got on you. Some people aren't supposed to get blessed by what you have on you. And when you bring attachments in, God help me, the things that God has caused or sent you to bless you begin to bless people that ain't got no business being with you in the first place. And that's why you fool around and think that this is God. Because they're being blessed because they're with you, not because God is with y'all. So you think God is in the relationship because things are going right. But sometimes the devil will allow things to go right so that you can think that God is with you when he's really not. Anybody ever been in sin but good things kept happening to you? It's because the devil wants you to feel like you're making the right choice when what you're doing is wrong. Lot is blessed. Abraham is blessed. But the Bible says because God ain't in it, their blessings begin to become in conflict. Abraham has employees. Abram has employees and Lot has employees and the employees begin fighting against one another because they got too much stuff. Uh, how, how do you know then when you got a lot to lose? When the stuff you got and the stuff they got don't mix. God help me. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's how you know you got a lot to lose. When, 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 when the stuff that you brought with you and the stuff that they brought with them don't fit together. And it begins to cause conflict with one another. Okay, uh, uh, Abram and Lot were talking about cattle and employees. Uh, but now we're talking about your scars and your wounds and your baggage from your previous relationships. See, when God calls you to be with somebody, he's going to call you to be with somebody that can handle your issues. God, help me. Uh, they're not afraid of what you bring to the table. They're not afraid of your damage. And you're not afraid and or turned off by theirs because God, for some reason, has given you you the ability to handle stuff in them that no one else before you could handle but when you're with somebody and you always trying to change them everything they do aggravates you you always trying to fix something with them that could be a sign that God hasn't put y'all together because when God puts you with somebody he's not going to cause you to be always irritated with them because he wants you to stay there God help me oh God God wants you to stay so he's not going to cause you to be irritated by somebody that he's put in your life all the time now Sometimes you're going to be irritated with your spouse. Sometimes you're going to be irritated with your kids. Sometimes you're going to be irritated with your best friend. That's sometimes. But sometimes shouldn't be all the time. Some of you are living in a constant state of irritation because you ain't got no business being there in the first place. Uh, he's, he's ag you agitating my stuff. I'm agitating your stuff. But not only that, the families couldn't come together. God help me. Oh, God, see, some of y'all ain't going to like this. You're not going to like this. Uh, they ain't going to like this, Davon. Uh, but, but the truth is, um, we, we have a culture, and I said this last week, we have a culture that likes to do relationship in the dark. Yeah. Absent of accountability. Right? We, we have this, uh, this, this, this early 2000s R&B hip-hop culture that say it's me and you against the world. Right. Um, and, and sometimes that's true. But oftentimes when it's like that, it's probably because you don't want to hear nobody uh, because mom and dad and auntie them and and pastor them and and church mother them. They they, they understand uh, some things that you can't see uh, because Eve told you uh, love is blind <laughs> and it'll take over. I think I got a witness. Your mind. Yeah. See, some of y'all are so drunk in love, Beyonce, that you don't realize uh, that God don't call you to make decisions when you're drunk. And when you're drunk on the road, they tell you to get a designated driver, right? So if you're drunk in love, then you need somebody that can help you make sober decisions when you're in relationship. Oh, y'all don't like this. I told y'all they wasn't going to like it, Chris. They don't like this. See, see, you want to do relationships in the dark and in autonomy, and you don't want to let anybody see into what you're doing and tell you, hey, uh, uh, that might be good, but you might need to slow up or no, that's not good. Whenever somebody tells you something about your relationship that you don't want to hear, the first thing you do is rebel and say they don't want to see me happy. No, we don't have anything against you being happy. We just want you to be happy and holy. But sometimes you can't be happy and holy. So if we got to choose between your happiness and your 
holiness will tell you to let that joker go so that you can at least be holy because you can be happy or you can be happy and go to hell because you're not holy but you can be holy and end up happy in heaven if you obey God what if I told you that God's desire for your life more than your happiness was your holiness uh, yeah, yeah, he, he's, he, he wants you to be happy, if at all possible. Uh, uh-huh. But it ain't always possible for you to be happy. God, help me. I, I know, I know. Uh, we live in this self-help, uh, everything going to be all right Christianity culture where, where you feel like the pastor is a glorified Tony Robbins up here to tell you how to live your best life. But the reality is, uh, the truth is, sometimes the decisions that God calls you to make ain't going to make you happy. And sometimes God has put people around your life or in your life around you like he did Abram to let you know, hey, something ain't right here. Because the Bible says that the land could not sustain them for their possessions were so great that they were not able to remain together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen, herdsmen of Lot's livestock. Look. He says, look, you got to understand, you're not just causing strife for me. That I could deal with, but you're causing strife for my family. Yeah. You're causing strife for the people that God has assigned. Ooh, ooh, this this fresh off the press. This ain't even in in, in my notes. Uh, But what do you do when somebody that you ain't supposed to have with you is causing issue for the people that you are supposed to have with you? Because Lot wasn't even supposed to be there. But he was causing trouble for the people who were supposed to be there. How long do you accommodate somebody who ain't got no business with you at the expense of the people that God has called you to? God, help me. I'm preaching to myself. I ain't preaching to nobody else. How how long do you babysit a situation that ain't right at the expense of situations that you're called to be right in? So you can't be the father that you're supposed to be because of this person. You can't be the woman that you're supposed to be because of this person. And there are people who are depending on you, but you can't be who God is calling you to be because you're babysitting somebody that you wasn't even supposed to have in your space. Lot wasn't supposed to be there. Right? So Abram decides, Abram decides he's got a lot to lose. This is what he does, all right? If you're taking notes, you can start here, okay. okay? The first thing you've got to do when you've got a lot to lose, right, is you've got to conf- confront Lot with clear communication. You've got to confront Lot with clear communication. Uh, before I tell you what clear communication is pragmatically, let me tell you what it's not. It's not a Facebook status, Right? Bishop Jakes taught us that pastors and leaders, uh, keepers of the flame, he said this. He says, he says, stop having y'all conversations as a leader when it's really a you conversation. He said, because you'll have everybody around you like Jesus at the Last Supper. Lord, is it I? Is it I? Is it I? And everybody except the person you're talking to will come to you and ask if it's them. The reason why you got to confront stuff clearly is because you don't want there to be any ambiguity about what the issue is. You got to confront it with clear communication. You are the issue. This is the problem that I have with you. And Facebook ain't for that. Twitter is not for that. Posting a meme or finding a status that somebody else had and sharing it is not how you do that. You have to confront Lot with clear communication. Uh, But when you confront Lot with clear communication, uh, the confrontation is not for confrontation's sake. The confrontation is so that there will be peace. Immature people confront people for confrontation's sake. But believers, we confront people so that we can have peace in confrontation. How do you know that, Pastor? Are you making that up? Look at verse number 8. He comes to Lot, confronts him, and says, let there be no strife between me and you. If I call you out, it's because I want to help you. Yeah. If if I say something to you, if I say, hey, come here. Let me talk to you. 
It's because I'm trying to make sure that there is peace. Even when we do issues of church discipline, if somebody does something wrong and because we got to protect the integrity of the name of Christ, we have to do church discipline. Nobody likes it, but you don't discipline people to embarrass them. That's why we don't do like old school. We don't bring nobody up in front of the church and make them tell everybody what they've done. Because if I bring you up in front of the church and I'm going to make everybody else come up and say what they've done. But when I confront you about something that you've done wrong, it's not for agitation, it's for reconciliation. You've got to be right with God. Do you hear what I'm saying? So when I confront with clear communication, I'm doing it so that you can be right with God. He says, look, I don't want there to be any strife between me and you. I don't want there to be any strife between my herdsmen and your herdsmen. Why? For at the end of the day, we're brothers. God, help me. Let me help you. I, I want to help you. Uh, more than you are, and this is not just for family relationships, more than you are somebody's significant other boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, husband and wife, you have to understand that you are brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. And because you are brothers and sisters in Christ, at least y'all should be. You, first of all, if you're a believer, you shouldn't even be in a relationship with a non-believer. Unless they were a non-believer, unless y'all both were non-believers when y'all got together and then you got saved afterwards, that's a whole different issue. That's a whole other set of sermons, right? But if you're a believer and they're a believer, you got to understand y'all are brothers and sisters in Christ first. Right. And because you are brothers and sisters in Christ, you owe it to God for Christ's sake. The Bible says to be at peace. Do you hear me? You, you've got to be at peace. So when you're dealing with a person, you can't deal with them just like they're irritating you. You can't treat them like they're aggravating to you, because at the end of the day, no matter how they make you feel, they are your brother. They are your sister. You hear what I'm saying? I'm going somewhere. And so because. I love you like a brother. I love you like a sister. When we're in conflict, after I confront you with clear communication, I've got to give you a clear exit. This is what he says. Verse 9. Y'all with me? It's on the screen. He says, is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. He says, I'm going to give you the option. If you want to keep the apartment, go ahead and keep the apartment. Yeah. If, if you need to stay here, then you stay here and I'll go. If you find a place, then you go and I'll stay. But I'm going to give you choices. I'm going to give you a clear exit point to let you know that it's not going to be like this. Right? Abraham doesn't tell a lot. He doesn't say, hey, uh. How much time you need to get out of here? If you need a place to stay, I'm going to either trust God to take I'm going to trust God to take care of one of us. I'm going to trust God to take care of you when you leave out the apartment or the house or the condo or the townhouse, uh, wherever y'all staying together. Uh, I'm going to trust God to take care of you or I'm going to trust God to take care of me. Abraham said, look, if you go to the left, I'm going to go to the right. I'm not talking about shacking. I'm talking about separating. Right. I, I just want y'all to be clear. Like I'm not this ain't a y'all shouldn't be living together sermon. This is a sermon about if you ain't supposed to be with somebody, how to get them out of your space, because most of us are hanging on. Look what Abram says. He said, look, you got the whole land before you. Most of us are staying in relationships that are unhealthy or have stayed in relationships that are unhealthy or partnerships that are unhealthy for pure economic reasons. Oh, God, I know y'all don't want to say it. But if you had money of your own, a place of your own, stuff of your own, you would have left them a long time ago. If you had another job, you would have quit keep kissing that supervisor behind a long time ago. But some of y'all are trusting in people to take care of you rather than trusting in God. And God says, look, if you do what I've told you to do, I'll make a way for you. So Abram says, look, if you go to the left, I'm going to go to the right. If you go to the right, I'm going to go to the left. This is how you know Lot is crazy. Abraham gives Lot the choice. And Lot decides to go to a place. I can't deal with this today. But he goes to a place Mike called Sodom, <laughs> whose twin city is Gomorrah. I wanna, uh, the name of the city wasn't Sodom and Gomorrah. That's like Minneapolis and St. Paul. Right? There, there, there are two cities right next to each other that are so alike that they're mentioned in the same way. Sodom and Gomorrah. 
They're the twin cities of the Old Testament. And Lot said, huh, I think I'll go down there. Which lets you know that Lot's vision was twisted in the first place. Because Lot could have decided to go back home. But instead, he decides to go to a place that God clearly is not moving in. Which lets you know that Lot's judgment is jacked up. But notice that the Bible doesn't say, I said clear communication, right? I said clear exit. Then I said you got to let them live with the choice they make. This, this is number three. You got to let them live with the choice they make. Lot decides to go to Gomorrah and Abraham don't try to stop him. Abraham know what's down there. He know what goes on in Sodom. And he lets Lot live with Lot's choice because he understands that he is not obligated to protect Lot. He's obligated to pursue his destiny. Woo. See, some of y'all are stuck in stuff because you're trying to babysit somebody that God ain't called you to babysit. You're trying to stay in something to protect somebody that God ain't called you to protect. God says, let them live with their choice. They grown just like you're grown. And that goes for every lover, every friend, every grown child. Let them do what they choose to do because God is their protector. And you got to trust that God has something to do on the inside of Lot that he can't do if you keep babysitting them. Oh, I'm talking to some parent now. You, you, you want to protect your children, but what you don't understand is by protecting your children, you're keeping them from experiencing God in a real way. Yeah, your kid grown enough to tell you they grown, then you grown, they grown enough to live with the decisions that they make. I learned that from my mother. Yeah. If you've grown enough to look at me and tell me that you're grown, then you're grown enough to live with whatever you decide to do. Because as long as you're under my roof, I, I want to help some parent because we got kids in here today. And the reason why I brought the kids in here today is because on the first Sunday we observed the Lord's Supper. And I wanted everybody to be in here together. It may not always be that way, but for now it's that way. And some of us don't even know how to teach our kids how to sit in church. That they got to have an iPad or a game or a ball or something. They don't know how to sit and be still. And while they're at this age, you have the right to oversee them and to hover over them and to make sure they learn how to follow God the right way, right? At this age, you got the right to do that. But once they get grown, they have to learn how to experience God for themselves. The reason why you have to discipline your children, parents, is because when you discipline your child, you are teaching them that there are consequences for disobedience. Every time you beat those, I mean, discipline those children. Huh? Oh, see, see, y'all don't look, y'all look at me crazy. Uh, but I got Bible for that. The Bible says the rod driveth foolishness from the heart of a child. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what the books say. And, can I get an amen, Jew and Tamiya? Amen. Uh, it'll drive it away. Amen. <laughs> drive it far, far away. In Jesus' name. But you have a responsibility, I know this ain't in my notes, but you got a responsibility to teach your children while they're at a young age how to follow and respect God's authority. But once they get grown, you got to let them go. If you ain't do your job by the time they tell you that they grown, then that means you ain't got no more work that you can do. You can't try to parent a grown child. They out here doing everything that you do on the weekends. They just don't want to let you know they do it and you want to try to treat them like they're still a baby. The devil is a liar. If they smoke up their gas money, quit reaching in your pocket. If they spend up their food money at the club, stop reaching in your purse, cash apping them stuff. Let them live with the decisions that they make. That's what Abraham does to Lot, because you got to realize Abraham and Lot wasn't lovers. They were, they were brothers. Abraham raised Lot like his son, but when Lot got old enough to cause issues in Abram's house, Abram said, Lot, you got to go. And I'm going to let you live with the decision that you make. God, can I? You, you got to believe on some level that God loves the person he's calling you to let go more than you love them. Because Lot had a purpose. Just like Abram had a purpose. 
Lot's purpose wasn't the same as Abram's, but he had a purpose nonetheless to play in the story of Israel that he couldn't play while he was with Abram. He had to separate from him in order to play his part because in order for God to give Israel a land and to sanctify them and to teach them how to fight, they had to have enemies to fight. So whereas Israel lived in Abram's loins, the enemies of Israel lived in Lot's loins. God help me. All of those Amalekites and Moabites and Ammonites, they came. Those were the descendants of Lot. So God needed somebody. If he's going to show himself strong and mighty, Jay, he needs somebody to show himself strong and mighty against. Just like he needs somebody to show himself strong and mighty through. So he says, Abram, through your loins, I'm going to show myself strong and mighty. But through Lot's loins, I'm going to have some enemies to fight on your behalf to show you that I'm worthy to to fight your enemies and to keep you safe. So you got to trust whatever the purpose is for the person you're letting go. God's got purpose for them. And that's why I got to let you go, because not only are you keeping me from fulfilling my purpose, but me holding on to you is keeping God from fulfilling his purpose in and through you. Yeah, they 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 he he had to let him go. He chose to go to, to Gomorrah, Sodom. Take his family. Abram said, however you go, I'm going to let you go because right now I don't have time to be concerned about you. I've got to get to the place of destiny for my life. Uh, How bad do you want destiny? How bad do you really want purpose? Do you really want purpose bad enough to where you're willing to let somebody go to get there? Because sometimes the cost of admission to your destiny is the end of a relationship that you wanted to see happen, but it can't happen because God ain't called you to it. See, see, some of the best beginnings happen after the saddest endings. Yeah. Andre, after you get fired from a church, that's when you start a church. After you get dumped by your high school sweetheart, that's when you find the person that God has designed for you. After they lay you off for no reason, never give you an explanation for why you got to go, that's when you start that business that then turns into your million-dollar idea. Sometimes the best beginnings happen after the saddest endings. But the problem with us is we don't want to lose a lot. But when you got a lot to lose, you got everything to gain. I only have time now. I I, I got to quit. So let let me show you what I mean. He's got a lot to lose. There is a person named Lot in his life that he's got to let go of. And there was a person a thing, a relationship, a partnership in your life that you need to let go of so that you can be the person that God is calling you to be. But then look at verse 14 and I'm done. It says, the Lord said to Abram after Lot separated from him. God did not speak. Notice, and, and, where are my Bible readers at? Yeah. God didn't talk until after Lot left. God help me. Woo! See, some of y'all are praying and you're frustrated because I can't hear God. I don't know why God isn't speaking to me. Why isn't God telling me what I should do? Uh, everything around you is telling you what you should do. You don't need God to answer those questions. God help me. Can I tell y'all one of the, one of the things that irritates me most, uh, Tiffany, as, as a leader, is when people ask me questions that common sense can answer for itself. That's right. Amen. They'll come and ask me, uh, Pastor Josh, Chris, they'll do something like this. Pastor Josh, the curtain fell down. What should we do? Pick it up. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's, there's some water on the floor. Pastor Josh, what should we do? Clean it up. Right? And you're asking God to tell you what to do when his word has already spoken, sound counsel has already spoken, everything that you need to speak has already spoken, but you want God to come down from heaven and say, leave them. <laughs> Your mama don't like them and she, what, 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 the, what the boy say, my mama don't like you and she like everyone? God is speaking. He that hath an ear, let, the spirit, let him hear what the spirit is saying. 
If mama cook greens for everybody, invite everybody over for chicken after service, but then you bring that Negro around and mama's like, mm -mm, he can't come around here. The Lord has spoken. Do you hear me? But you want, you want God to come down and speak like you Charlton Heston and this the Ten Commandments. Let that Negro go. God told Abram in chapter 12 everything that Abram needed to know to get through chapter 13. Some of y'all want a new word when you ain't obeyed the last one. Your life is falling apart because you didn't obey what he told you in chapter 12. But you want a new word in chapter 13 so that you can justify. Oh, the Lord came down and told me that I've got to leave you and I don't want to do it, but I've got to obey God. God told you not to bring him with you in the first place, Abram. So why you need God to tell you to, again? Because God ain't like me. Right? I, I'm, I'm that kind of parent that uh, now I don't come from that kind of parenting. My dad was one and done, but I'll at least give my kids two, three chances because I feel like maybe they're like me and they don't hear all that good. <laughs> so I'll say, Jew, stop that. Son, stop that. But then on that second time, I'll put a little caveat on the end of that stop that, Preston. I'll tell them, now don't make me have to tell you again. And this is what I say, because if I have to tell you again, I'm going to tell you with an open hand. And my son know what that means, right? And he'll duck when I say it. He'll be like. <laughs> but God, God ain't like me. Because when God speaks, God says, I'm going to speak. And I said what I said until you do what I said. Amen. Some of y'all are waiting for words you ain't going to get because you don't want to obey what God told you the last time. Amen. But Abram says, but the Bible says that after Abram separates from Lot, God then begins speaking again. And some of you need God to speak to you so that you can get to the place he's calling you to get. But he's not talking to you until you obey the last instruction. Look at what he says. After the pain of separation. After they walk away. After Lot is gone. After Abram has cried and said, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do with that boy. I don't know how you're going to keep him. But keep him, Lord Jesus. The Bible says... Then the Lord said to Abram after he had separated from Lot, now lift up your eyes. God, help me. Oh, oh God, I can't stay there long, Felicia. Uh, but some of us spend so much time being sad after people walk away. God has to tell us, lift up your eyes. Uh, stop crying. Stop looking down. God's got something better for you. He says, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which you see, I will give it to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth so that if anyone can number the dust of the earth, then your descendants. Your descendants can also be numbered. Then he says, arise and walk about the land through its length and breadth, for I will give it to you. He says that when you lose lot, you might have a lot to lose, baby, but you got everything to gain. Amen. Yeah, he says, when you lose lot, you'll look up and see that what God wants to give you is bigger than what you let go of. Oh, God, he says, the reason why I can't let lot Walk with you into purpose. It's because I've put an anointing on your feet to where everything your foot touches, I've got to give it to you. But if Lot's feet touch it, then you got to share that blessing with him. But this is a blessing that I don't want you to share with nobody. God, help me. Uh, this is a blessing that I want you to have on your own because I want to do it through you. He says, look around. When you lose Lot, You'll look up and see that you got the world before you, God help me. I, I know you don't want to deal with the pain of separation. I know you feel like if you let them go, you don't know what you're going to do. I know you felt like you couldn't be by yourself and you couldn't raise children by yourself and you couldn't pay these bills by yourself and you couldn't make this move in business by yourself. But God told me to tell you that when you lose Lot, he'll show you that you've got everything to gain. Why? Because if you lose Lot, God will show up and stand in the place where Lot's supposed to be. See, some of y'all can't have God standing by you because you got the wrong person standing with you. God help me. Uh, God says, I want to help you, but I can't help you while you got the wrong person standing there. 
Lord Jesus, you, you got the wrong person in my spot, and I'm not going to push them out of the spot that you put them in in your life. Yeah, they, they didn't come and bogart their way into your life. You invited them to be there. You, you opened the door. You picked them. Ooh, ooh, ooh. What, 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 what if... What if the pain in your life was because of your picking, not because you were being persecuted? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, can I be real? Because I ain't said this since week one. It's week four now. Uh, most of the relational pain that you, dis- that you go through in your life happens because of somebody you picked, not because of somebody who's picking on you. If, you're, if, if they're texting you and getting on your nerves, you gave them your number. The number is yours to give or not to give. Huh? If they writing in your inbox, you could have blocked them, and Facebook won't even tell them that they've been blocked. <laughs> They'll just look on there and say, search it all over. <laughs> Couldn't find nobody. <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying? God says, I'm not going to come in your life and move somebody out of the way that you picked against my instruction. If you want Lot gone, you've got to tell Lot to go. See, I was going to preach this, and one of my good friends, Pastor Johnny Brown in Charlotte, North Carolina, I was going to title it, uh, uh, I was going to title it, honey, God's got a lot to help me with. And he said, oh, no, you can't call it that, Reverend. He said, because the text don't say that God got rid of Lot. The text says that getting rid of Lot is a responsibility that God has put on you. What if I told you God ain't going to get rid of that weight? You've got to let it go. You've got to walk away from it. You've got to tell him goodbye. If God is calling you away from that job, don't wait until you got another job if you ain't got to. Your hair falling out, you're stressed out, your blood pressure up. God says, I'll provide for your needs. Amen. Do you hear what I'm saying? Amen. Now, we got to use wisdom, right? You know, if, if, if you got bills and stuff and you ain't got no way, you don't have no savings, yeah, don't quit a job till you get a job. That's good mama wit. Amen. Uh, but if you can bounce, bounce. Because God will protect you. That relationship, it might be good to your flesh, right? Kids are in here, so I can't talk like I want to talk. There might be parts of the relationship that you still miss, but most times you don't miss people. You miss the way people made you feel. Oh, oh, can I help you? See, because you can't stand them until y'all doing what y'all did. Right, but while y'all talking, hush. While y'all talking, I'm always talking about what they did. You know what they did. You got two kids laying right there on you. <laughs> they didn't just pop out the air. I told Tamia, though, I lied to my daughter last week and told them they came from the cabbage patch. I wasn't ready. <laughs> I was like, the stork, uh, what you mean where babies come from? Well, when a man love a woman, no, uh, the stork come and drop them down into the cabbage patch. And the doctor come get them out the cabbage patch and put them in the back of the truck, take them to the hospital. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's a whole lie elaborate but I said she too young what's she asking me that for matter of fact go get you some cookies there's donuts in the kitchen go on and set out but the reason why we get attached to stuff is because we do things that create feelings that make us feel like a relationship is more than it is but if you can't subtract that component and the relationship still be strong then it's probably not from God in the first place that's why I don't marry couples right away who are living together and doing that because you need to spend some time apart and see if it's really God bringing y'all together or if it's the sex that y'all have and why y'all living together that's bringing y'all together. Because what I won't do is I won't marry two adulterers together. Right? Yeah. Because if you're spending your time having sex with somebody that you're not married to, the only way for you to get that feeling is for you to have sex with somebody you ain't married to. So if you don't know how to sanctify your flesh and spend some time apart and be like, hey, I ain't had it in a minute and I still want you as bad as I did when we was having it, then I can't put y'all together because that means that there is something operating there from the flesh and not from the spirit. You hear what I'm saying? I I, want to help you. 
because we think that the way to make something right is to marry it when sometimes the way to make it right is to separate from it. We don't marry people to their mistakes or to their misgivings or to their sin. We got to see if God is really in operation. So if y'all can't separate from us for a season, then that probably means that God ain't there. Do you hear what I'm saying? Now, I'm not I'm not I'm not dogmatic in that. I'm not like my, my dad, man. My dad used to he'd be rough, man. We'd have people living with us because he'd make dudes move out. <laughs> like I'd be in my room and my dad be putting a bunk bed together. I'd be like, Dad, what's up? He's like, uh, for the next six weeks, uh. Brother Mason is going to stay over here. I'm like, Dad, I don't want Brother. Why can't Brother Mason stay in your room? This is my room. <laughs> now, I ain't doing that. <laughs> but at the same time, and we got to understand that sometimes feelings will make us stay with people that we don't need to stay with. You hear what I'm saying? Right. So what do you mean, Pastor Josh? I'm done. What do you, what do you mean, Pastor Josh, by, by, by two, two adulterers? Right. Because the Bible says if you are a Christian, how many Christians we got in the building? If you're a Christian, put your hand up high. Right. If you are a Christian, the Bible says that if you are not married to a spouse, you are married to God. And your body belongs to him. So as a single person, every time you have sex with somebody you're not married to, you cheating on God. And so if you'll cheat on God as a single person, you'll cheat on your spouse as a married person. I know y'all don't want to admit it. Don't put your hands up there. But some of y'all know if, if cheating on God won't scare you, cheating on a person won't scare you. That's why I say I won't marry two adulterers together. Do you hear what I'm saying? My musicians got quiet. Y'all know I'm in my amen corner. What's going on? <laughs> they must say, no, we're not quiet now. <laughs> Yeah, shoot. Y'all, thank you. Bless you. Bless, bless, bless your heart. But God says you got to lose a lot. Right? I want you to think about, go ahead and play something. We got we to gotta move. Uh, God says you got to find out what that lot is, who that lot is. And you've got to be willing to let it go. I want you to take a moment. Every head bowed, every eye closed. And I want you to think about that thing, that area of your life that's unsubmitted. That area of disobedience that you know that you've got to let go to get to the next level. What is the lot that you have to lose? Think about it. while you're there in your seat ask God to free you from it it might not be a relationship married people it might be a behavior it might be a thought process it might be a memory of a previous relationship you gotta let it go